Hello and welcome to Buildings of Tomorrow. My name's John Lester and in today's episodes, we're talking about the importance of data and data points in really getting the insights to create sustainable buildings. I'm joined today by Stefan Schwab, who is the CEO of Building Robotics. Stefan, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, really looking forward to our chat. Me as well. I'm excited because hey, Building Robotics is such a such a cool company. You're working in this user interaction space. You're, you're working in the in space automation and data collection. Maybe we could start there. What, what does Building Robotics do? So Building Robotics um, has two brands. One is Enlighted and Comfy. With Enlighted, we create actually a real-time digital twin of the spaces we are in and on top of that we also help to save energy because we are connected to the lights and uh, with the data the data we populate there gets enriched by data from comfy the other brand where humans interact via an app with the spaces they are in so that's actually um, and again you mentioned at the beginning data and i already mentioned data twice so this is very important uh, to drive strategies building strategies and so on Perfect. And, and that's the perfect link, because as you mentioned, you have these two different data sources and the users of the buildings really are, a, are an important data source to understand what's happening and what's required within the space. What are some of those data points? What are some of those, those pieces of information which are important for us to really develop these sustainable spaces and buildings? I mean, first and foremost, because we are focusing on the humans, uh, humans are in the center of what we do. It's very important how humans actually use the space, how they rate the space, how they feel in the space. So also these days, we, uh, that we also use the term well-being, mm -hmm. happiness and so on. So that's a very important piece. So when they say too hot, too cold, this space is too dark, this space is too bright. This is one important piece of information. Mm -hmm. And then again, on the other side, when I think about the IoT infrastructure of Enlighted, there we actually can see overall how the space is utilized, how the whole building is utilized. Are there hotspots in the building? Mm -hmm. um, are there maybe areas people avoid completely, but we're still, for example, heat these spaces or we have the lights on all the time. So there you can do a lot of improvement when you have all this data. Mm -hmm. And when you build this correlation, again, this is the importance for me for building robotics, that you have the opportunity to correlate data from a physical IoT installation and on the other side of human interaction with spaces. This is so powerful and this is also unique in the market. Yeah, I understand. And that, that human direction you mentioned, uh, it's not just where people are and what they do, it's really about how they behave. How important is it to really understand that normal behavior in the space compared to just knowing if someone is there or not? I think it's very important that also it, it got during COVID even more important or now at the tail end of COVID because now it's about how do you compete with an office space mm -hmm to let's say the home office. So how do you make it attractive? So now it's not important that the person is there. Now it's important to know how they interact in this space and what makes them actually come to the office. What is this yeah, attractiveness? Is it to, to collaborate with others? Is it because you're more innovative in this space, in this office space, because it's designed in a different way? Also an important topic about when you think about strategy, how do you design the next phase of buildings? So how do you retrofit a building um, to really foster this collaboration innovation but also again a lot of times we hear from our customers we lost our sense of belonging because everybody's just spread so i want these people back in an environment where again i create also the sense of belonging besides what i mentioned before innovation and collaboration for sure so we're talking here automatically we're looking at two different topics we're talking about the the sustainability the in, insight into this building and then that user centricity and eventually i want to talk about how they link together but let's deep dive into each really quickly when we start to talk about the the efficiency of the space, how is this? In, you know, give us some use cases of how this information can help us 
uh, use these spaces more efficiently, whether that's energy efficiency, uh, you know, resource and, and, and cost efficiency? Um, I mean, just recently, um, in the last week, I visited uh, one of our bigger customers in the UK, University of Birmingham, mm -hmm. um, and um, they actually used the sensors or the IoT infrastructure for two reasons. Mm -hmm. So first of all, it was they did an upgrade to be more energy efficient, which helps them also then to achieve their CO2 or carbon reduction targets to become uh, CO2 neutral by a certain date. So what we helped there with the, with the infrastructure um, and with the lighting to save a lot of energy. And um, this is one piece to so the puzzle, sustainability, saving energy. Mm -hmm. But the second piece now is as well, because they as a university compete also with other universities mm -hmm. to, attract, to attract students. So what they said, okay, it's not only about energy reduction overall, it's then also about what else can you do with the IoT infrastructure? How can you help me to make my space more attractive than university X, Y, and Z next yeah. door? And what we do there actually, we, uh, we look how the spaces are used so that they can then make the decision, okay, these spaces apparently are used more more efficiently, more frequently, and the reason behind that, again, can get enhanced by user data, why they use this more efficiently. So they would start also to design other spaces in a similar way um, to attract more students and more talents. Yeah. And um, that's actually one, one piece of the puzzle, in my opinion, when I think about the IoT infrastructure. Yeah, and that's an important step to, to really make that connection and actually start to in to, to make changes to the design, to, yeah. to say, hey, I used to have five meeting rooms and two collaboration spaces, now maybe that, that ratio changes as you exactly. get this information. Exactly. And, and one, other, uh, one other piece of the puzzle in the United States, we also recently announced um, our partnership with Community College of Allegheny County. There, it's not completely different, but it also shows the flexibility of our IoT solutions. So there, it's also sustainability, energy efficiency. Mm -hmm. But on top of that, there was government funding available. Um, and it was about how can you create a safer space during COVID times that people feel safe and are safe to come back into, into the college. And that was all about measuring how many people at a certain uh, a certain uh, time are in this space and then you would increase, for example, airflow um, and so on. Or you would redirect people because they're getting too many people into this space, it's getting, it's getting too crowded. So again, sustainability, front and center, humans, front and center, and on top of that, the flexibility, which makes it so attractive for customers because you can do so many things with this um, IoT infrastructure uh, or IoT platform. It's, uh, it's unbelievable, and it's actually really great to see because in the past, before COVID, we always pitched to our customers with our, with, our, uh, with our solution, you actually future-proof your building because you are able to adapt. You are able to be then resilient, whatever comes there. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, I have to say, now we are able to prove it because of what happened in the last two years. But it, on the other side, it's really great to see that what we pitched before becomes now reality. Yeah. And on top of that, that also helps our employees because they also ask, hey, what is the impact I make? And these are two Lighthouse projects, I would say, where you clearly can say what our work, how our work makes an impact for our customers, but also beyond for the, actually for the consumers of the space or the consumers um, of, yeah, in this instance, also education there in the college and the university. Of course. And that flexibility that you talk about, as you mentioned, it was something that, that was possible. It was something that we were able to talk about as an industry. But now it's essential. From, from your perspective, how much has that changed since COVID? How important has that flexibility become to change the use of spaces, to change the, the set points or the operation or the way that something is operated in that space on a daily basis, weekly basis, monthly basis? 
Ex extremely important. Um, and um, yeah, COVID was an accelerator mm -hmm. um, for IoT um, applications, IoT implementations, but also for when I think about Comfy, for user-centric applications who actually guide you through a day in a space. And um, yeah, again, I think also going forward, we will, still even, we will even see not more acceleration, but more and more implementation, especially now mm -hmm. when uh, companies think about, okay, what I said before, how do you make it attractive? I want to have my people back in the office because I see a lack in collaboration, innovation, the culture of the company yeah. is somehow deteriorating. And um, yeah, extremely important. And we also call this, when I think about work, activity-based working. Mm -hmm. So this also means you have to be far more flexible because you have to um, actually design your spaces according to the activity you want to have in that space. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it, we see in terms of, of spaces and how they are designed, we will see in the future more and more changes because things change faster. Mm -hmm. And so also the, the spaces which have been pretty uh, static in the past, they also need to be able to adapt quicker and quicker to the things which are needed, again, to make it attractive for people to go into the space. Yeah. Like we've just talked about this, this IoT infrastructure, how it enables that sustainability angle. It also enables that user centricity, which is such an important thing, the flexibility to attract people back to the office. How do you balance these two? Because in the past, I think as an industry, we were probably a little bit too black and white. You know, you could either be energy efficiency or efficiency focused or user focused. How with the power of IoT and, and the infrastructure that you build around, around these sensors and, and the, the connections behind that, how can we create this balance and make that link? So for me overall, this is not contradicting at all because I mean, also I'm, I'm involved in a lot of, of hiring because, um, and then everybody knows how the market is going these days. So you have the chance to pitch a lot what your company is doing. And I would say, 95% of the applicants are really asking, what do you do about sustainability? Mm -hmm. So in the end, um, having the sustainability target of the company and also the wish of, of users then or of employees that the company does something for sustainability. And we have the chance here with um, the Comfy application to visualize that. So you bring it actually also in front of center of the user, what are you doing? Are you, in a, are you using it in a sustainable space, in a sustainable manner or, or not in the end? So in the end, you have both sides. One, you have the uh, IoT infrastructure, which helps you to drive energy efficiency in an automated way, and then you have the user. And for the user then to make this visible, what's going on is actually a very important driver because if you tell them that you could be more efficient or if you, if you would, for example, I mean, one day we really had a vision about it's not only the building itself. If we think about a day of an employee coming to the office, you also have to include, for example, how these individuals get to work. Is it by train? Is it by Uber? Is it by bicycle or whatever? Uh, and actually taking that into consideration, you can really build, for example, a carbon footprint of an individual and show them how efficient they are. And if it's important, to, as it is important to them, mm -hmm. linking that then also with the space where they spend most of the time during a working day, um, and that doesn't matter if it's home office or if it's uh, a cafe or if it's the office itself, combining that is not contradicting at all. I again believe the combination of this is even more powerful to help us to achieve uh, our sustainability targets mm -hmm. or helping our customers to achieve their sustainability targets. So very important um, piece for me. So that, that's enabling people to understand the impact that they have as well when they Correct. make different decisions. Correct. Understand. I guess that would also go to that next step along the way because here you've talked about a couple of a couple of key customers and they you know they they own they operate they have facilities that they and they've set themselves targets 
if I was a, an owner of real estate and I was looking to attract tenants uh, and, and perhaps differentiate myself from the office building next door or the office building down the street, this must also add some power for me as a real estate uh, owner, investor, to also increase the return on investment for my overarching building asset. How important is that differentiation in the future from your perspective to be able to offer this kind of insight and, and highlight the sustainability benefits and, and credentials of a building when you're trying to find tenants? Also extremely important um, and also when we have a chance to talk to developers. Um, so they're actually looking also for something which uh, helps them to drive outcome of the whole building. A lot of times you have multi-tenant buildings, you have different tenants you want to attract, uh, but then the developer is actually looking for, I call it now platform. I know platform is understood in different ways. Let's call it platform. They're looking for something, yeah. how they can run their whole building. And they have also uh, different use cases. One again is the sustainability use case. The other piece is make it frictionless. For example, we heard about touchless building. Mm -hmm. Recently also I had the chance to visit a, a building actually um, from, a, from a competitor of ours, which was, which was interesting as well to see where they realized a touchless building for a multi-tenant office and they attracted because of uh, the platform they installed there um, a lot of high-end tenants there because they were exactly looking for that. First of all, make it frictionless for my employees. Also for the reason what I mentioned before, this attracts them also back into the office that I don't have to hustle. Does my card work again and, and things like that? How, how do I get to the elevator? So all these kind of things with indoor navigation, calling the elevator or the elevator comes automatically because already the, the, the building or the space knows that you are now entering the space. It knows where you make it, made a desk reservation. So it sends you the elevator exactly then or uh, down to the ground floor and then to the level where you book the desk and so on. So this is very important for, for developers. But what I also want to mention, so actually we are also very proud um, as building robotics where we are able to demonstrate also to, to our partners or customers that actually they don't have to build a new building because they have enough space. And this comes back to your opening question, how important is data? Data is extremely important because um, in my personal opinion, there's a lot of stats behind that as well, um, that 80% of the buildings we are building is unnecessary mm -hmm. because there would be enough space. We just don't have the information and we, we make then uh, the, or we, the decision to build a new building is based on the lack of information in the end. And this is what also makes us proud avoiding building a new building because this is also um, a lot of waste of resources when you build a building which is unnecessary. Yeah. So retrofitting buildings by showing them with the data what actually needs to be done, this is also something where we are very proud. Uh, on top of that, yes, with developers, um, it's also extremely important for them to have a platform across um, all the disciplines in the building which then attracts their tenants. Which is such an important connection to make, isn't it? As you, we've talked about this IoT infrastructure, this platform that enables the, the connection between those traditional operating technologies and the information to get from, from the space, from the users, that connection is essential because if they do want to make changes, we still have these, these, uh, these operating technologies, these systems that we know well that are actually doing the action, turning the lights up and down, opening the blinds and these kinds of things. You mentioned something really interesting there, which was about uh, you know 80% of the buildings we build are not required. Uh, if we use the space more efficiently, we would not need them. What we also know is that uh, if we just apply these kinds of technologies to new buildings, we also lose this fight from a sustainability perspective because existing buildings, uh, brownfield and building stock uh, are things that we need to bring this kind of technology and functionality into. 
And this brings back into the conversation the power of IoT and, and the ability to deploy. How important is the flexibility of, of IoT and IoT infrastructure in deploying in existing buildings to enable this? How important is that for, us, for this fight to really win the sustainability battle through buildings? As I said now for the third time, also extremely important is openness. I mean, we spoke about it a lot already in the past, but now again, where we are now at this point in time, you can actually see it because we go into a lot of implementations. And the example I mentioned before with the Community College of Allegheny County in the United States, there our IoT infrastructure, our enlightened portfolio interacts with the JCI Metasys system because it was already there installed. It's Brownfield. Yeah. Um, so again, this openness is extremely important. And especially, as you said as well, when we want to go into retrofits, a lot of times subsystems are already there. They are all siloed, so now you have to also bring them together, where we also partner uh, to bring them together. But um, it's really important that we have this flexibility and we show this flexibility that we are able to have the same outcome regardless with whom we will work on site. And this is also very important for our customers mm -hmm. because they also want to feel that Siemens or that we lift this ecosystem mm -hmm. um, so that we are really open. It's not only on PowerPoint, we do it when they ask for it, we implement it. So ext extremely important, um, mm -hmm. definitely. Yeah. And I want to come back to one thing what you said before when you summarized, uh, when you summarized the last topic a little bit. What, what we've also seen during the pandemic, and this is more relevant for hardware companies, there's a McKinsey study out there mm -hmm. um, and we debated with them a little bit about the return to the office. Mm -hmm. um, when we thought about, okay, Comfy, how are we positioned today? Because I, th I think going into the future, doing blinds, doing lights, doing a desk reservation, a room booking, that's not good enough anymore. This is standard. Everybody has it. This is not how you can differentiate. Mm -hmm. So differentiation is really about how can you make this office attractive? What is an attractive piece that people want to come back voluntarily because also employers are really hesitant to make it man mandatory sure. to be in the office. So they look for something that individuals decide for themselves and figure out, hey, this is a good day because of A, B and C to be in the office and do my work there. And maybe this is a good day where I do it in a cafe, I do it in the home office or anywhere rem remote where actually uh, you can work these days. Um, so this is also um, a very important piece. Coming back now to the topic of what we hear a lot as well in terms of helping our customers to bring back people. Why is this important? Um, study from McKinsey, hardware companies in uh, 2021, I think it was. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, 2021, it was the full year. Um, the amount of patents issued in the United States from hardware company mm -hmm. dropped by 94%. Wow. So, and actually when you do some research, and I come back, what I also said at the beginning, innovation is one, one pillar why people should, uh, well, why employers want to have people come back and collaborate. It's about innovation is not happening when individuals sit in front of their screen and trying to connect over any kind of Teams, Zoom, or whatever they are using. Uh, innovation is really happening when, when brains are in the same room and have the ability within the right space, with the right design space, uh, to create innovation. Mm -hmm. And this is actually was a trigger also for us when you think about, okay, what's the next thing? Again, not desk booking, not room booking. What's the next thing to actually tackle this issue of innovation is not happening um, and so on. And um, yeah, uh, in that space uh, with Comfy, with the next generation of Comfy, we are addressing that. So watch the space, something is coming out soon. Hey, bring it on, that's exciting. Because as you say, it's that, that traditional space, it, it's, it's no longer about just, is this place that I'm sitting in comfortable? 
it is what can I achieve? What have I achieved? Uh, what, what enables, what does this space that I'm in enable me to do? And that's a huge stat to see the 94% of, of patent drop uh, just because people aren't able to collaborate effectively is, that's, that's a huge impact. Yep. And above and beyond the, the efficiency of a space, whether you turn the lights on or off, but the, the functionality and the ability for your business to be profitable, to be, to be innovative, this is huge. Maybe a quick question for you. What, what do you prefer? Now that we're starting to come back to the office, and I think I know the answer for this already, but uh, are you a home office guy? Are you uh, in the office guy? Where does this sit for you? So it depends, but I'm, I'm a people person, so I like to be around people. I would never go to the office if I have to do emails and sit in front of my screen the whole day. I go to the office when I see, okay, there's a chance to collaborate. I want to collaborate with this individual and so on, and uh, then I would come in, into the office. Um, so I use, I think I use the benefit uh, what we have in Siemens, uh, the, fle or the flexibility what we have in Siemens mm -hmm. about uh, this uh, remote working policy and so on. Mm -hmm. And uh, coming back, so we are based Silicon Valley. Mm -hmm. This is kind of, it was already the standard before because um, uh, the power of the employees um, and also when you look at the moment at, uh, at the market for software engineers is, is so demanding and that the market is so strong so they can actually they have a much bigger voice also than before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So in the end, you have to give this flexibility. But in the end, coming back to what I said before, you also have to make it attractive that they see when sure. they want to come back. I want to mention one thing as well. We, we spoke about at the beginning about sustainability, yeah. human-centric, user-centric. I think this is getting very, very important uh, now going into the future. Because also just with my last statement about remote work and the power of employees, employees really have far more to say now uh, what tools um, employers are using to make it, yeah, I talk about the space, to make it attractive enough. And this power, this is what we see today. So um, a lot of times we actually engage with, I call it the consumer, mm -hmm. because this in the end is the consumer. And these consumers are used to apps on the phone like what we get, like Amazon, Uber, frictionless mm -hmm. application where they tackle a couple of use cases. Mm -hmm. So now the expectation to us, because this consumer is in the driving seat, what we deliver or give them into their hands, they expect the same quality. Mm -hmm. So you have then also to think more, in my opinion, more consumer, uh, consumerized uh, or more consumer-centric mm -hmm. um, in the future when you want to partner with a company. Because the employees, they are a big part in the decision what companies are going to use forward when it comes to how is the space used, how is it attractive that people come in, and so on and so on. It's a very important piece. That's a great, that is a really important piece. And one more question in that direction. Uh, you know, if, if we look at the more traditional operational technologies, it's a technical industry. Uh, and and it's, I think we can safely say that historically the users haven't been the main focus. With companies like Building Robotics, you know, with the, the, some of the technologies and the IoT infrastructure like you talked about with Comfy and Enlighted and this power of the employee, is that helping, is that aspect of the industry helping the rest of the industry to really take a user-centric uh, view to, to really put that user in the center and focus on them? Is that helping us make that change as an industry? I hope so. Um, I think the challenges in, in, our, in our building industry or in the built environment, there are not so too many, there have not been too many changes in the past. So now for an industry who went kind of really straight and slow uh, in the last decades, 
it's really tough now to adapt to these constant changes. Um, and a lot of times, uh, when also when we talk internally, um, I always get the question, hey, did you change the strategy again? I said, no, we didn't change the strategy. What we need to do, we, do, we need to adapt much faster than in the, in the past. Mm -hmm. And we also have to pivot, uh, pivot more because actually, again, the consumer gives you more insights what needs to change when you, have, you, you think about something, okay, this might apply, but the consumer tells you, hmm, this maybe is not, not so great. So in the end, then you have to pivot a little bit to be successful. Um, I see this changing in the industry, but again, uh, the industry is not used to constant and uh, fast change. Uh, and so it will take a little bit of time, but, I, but honestly, in the long term, I believe this, uh, this change definitely is going to happen. Otherwise, uh, there will be far more disruption than we want to see, I have to say. For sure. But but it must feel, I get the, the indication you've talked about the different solutions you've seen out in the market. It must feel good because you would not be running alone now. There must be others Correct. with you pushing in this direction. I mean, when, when you think about the space where Comfy is in, mm -hmm. and we did this recently for an, in, for, for an internal business review. In this space, we see 206 competitors roughly, Wow. which do a little bit of business. So they're not all in our size. So when, when I think about our size, we're actually in the top basket because there's not one dominant player today, which is risk and opportunity because there will be consolidation in the end. These 208 companies collected in the year 21 from, uh, in the year 21 it was, yeah, from VC private equity strategic investors, they collected 108 billion US dollars. Yeah. And actually also we see that there's a lot of attractiveness in this market where you get asked, hey, can we invest in this company because this market is so hot and this market is hot. Yeah. Nevertheless, I also come back, there's a risk because you need to find your sweet spot because desk booking, room booking, that's not good enough anymore. You have to really identify what is your sweet spot, what is your new value proposition. And this also links me back to, we have enlightened and comfy together. This is a unique value proposition, which today no one else in the market um, can deliver as we can deliver. Mm -hmm. And uh, this makes it so, so exciting for me and great. And one, one thing as well, I listened to a future pod, uh, futurist podcast recently as well, and there was also the talk about what can be commoditized, what will be automated, and what will not be automated. Mm -hmm. And this also links perfectly to our approach, human-centric, user-centric, because what, what the person said, and again, you can disagree or you can agree, but what he actually said is, everything will be automated. The only piece which will not be automated are humans. Yeah. And so the only differentiation you will have in the future to your partner, to your customer, is the human interaction. And uh, when I also think about software coding, it comes from humans. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is where we can differentiate. The hardware will be over time commoditized. And we all know that. We all say that, we all know that. Mm -hmm. And we have, we have an opportunity now to prepare for that. But the humans, if it's our employees, if it's our customers, they will not be automated. And this will make the difference. So that's also the reason I think focusing or having a human-centric approach with the sustainability aspect is very powerful. Uh, for, for Siemens, for building robotics, and also especially for going forward now. Yeah, it makes it even more important to really be able to connect, uh, enable, and and collect good information from this one piece that isn't automated. Correct. Because no longer is it just checking out what's happening in the room. They are going to be one of the core sources of information to enable you to do things better. Correct. And uh, again, uh, also when we started the conversation, when I said, hey, you get on the one side the data from an IoT installation, but then also how the, how the user or the human interacts with the space. So this is this powerful information. And also, I mean, when, when I think about customers ask a lot about, hey, can you make, an, uh, can you make one use case would be, can you rate uh, can we rate the space we are in so that we actually can see, especially when we have a global portfolio, how the same space 
is rated, for example, in Asia compared to how it's rated in Europe. Mm -hmm. Same space when people go in. So actually, we have this opportunity where you have space rating. So you use you use that space one day and you do a rating and you can see how is it how is this space perceived and used in Europe and how is the same space designed exactly the same how is this used in Asia and you can see big difference. Yeah. I mean, um, also going forward when they design spaces, there are different needs in different parts of the world due to different cultures and, and so on. And that's such a such a big consideration when we do start talking about the user, we have to take into all of those, into account all of those differences. Right? As you mentioned, uh, not only the, the, the environmental space or the geographical space, but the, the different cultures, the different expectations and, and the different goals and needs of those people. Exactly. Stefan, thanks so much. It's been a really fun conversation. I get the feeling, you know, this is such a hot, uh, hot part of the, of the industry, as you mentioned. Plenty more to talk about and plenty more to happen. So uh, it, it was really great fun and thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, had a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, looking forward. Maybe we do it again. Bring it on. I'm excited. Thanks. And thank you all for joining us. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Please remember to like, share or comment this episode. Subscribe to us wherever you're either listening to us via your podcast uh, podcast platforms or via YouTube. Uh, and remember to look out for our new episodes coming every second week. Until then, we'll see you soon.